drinking beers, rolling dice, and talking shit. The Veteran Gamer Re-Enlisted. Episode 16. Just come to Eldar. So much better. Get a dick, Alex. <laughs> What's up, veteran gamers? <laughs> Alexander here. I'm joined by Ray. Yeah, yeah. And I'm also joined by Andy. How's it going? And today we're gonna go over Eldar lore. Yes, it's the, the one best thing- lore. I wouldn't, I'm not so sure about that. The tower's, tower's still on mine. Tower's still at the top of mine. Children. Nothing but children. Children. All right. So we're going to start this episode off by, uh, I'm going to read off, because last episode, Ray was talking about the game, the gameplay mechanics of Eldar. The important part. And then I'm going to go over the useless stuff. Lore. But I like lore. No, I think and, we said, though, and I said this in the last episode. We said in previous episodes, there's chips in my mouth. I apologize. I'm chewing. But. Not the only thing in your mouth. <laughs> Whoa! You know I gotta shove meat <laughs> in my mouth. The wetter the better. Anyway, how the lore is really tying into the gameplay in a much more satisfying way. It, it, does, it does show that. It does so I, show that. I think now we've come to the position where maybe we should start covering the lore. So if you do want to play in a more narrative style like the Incarn. For instance, <laughs> there's only one book with the incarnate. All right, <laughs> you oh. could do that. So, and I promised a couple episodes back that we'd do a show with Alex where he'd let off with with lore. So here we are. We're gonna cover some of the lore. So if you're a friend of Alex, all three of you, you can go ahead and fucking <laughs> listen to this. It's his show. All right. Well, first of all, I'm gonna talk about a little bit of background of the Eldar lore that I know previous to uh, reading it when the Eldar Codex came out. So I remember in Dawn of War, in Dawn of War 3, you get a little, you get a good, pretty good insight on what the Eldar lore is. It's, it's featured BL-10 and then, uh, I'll, and then, but the Farseer was an Altok Farseer. Or no, sorry, Uthway Farseer. And I gotta say, BL-10, they're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> they, they really are a bunch of assholes. So you know what? With that note, we're gonna start on with that. So BL10, the Warrior Craft World. Well, how do how do, how do our lore kind of fit so into like the the world of 40k? Because what little I know about the Eldar lore comes from old as shit. Yeah, you're old as shit. You're from before time. Okay, if so I could turn back time. So it's gonna be a the, song in every episode, and that was the one. <laughs> so the Eldar started off like this. The the Eldar started off as being a creation of the old ones. Because the old ones were created two two races, they created or three if you consider the Slan a race, but they're not relevant within the forty k lore right now. They made the orcs, and they also made the Eldar. Basically, the orcs were even more powerful psychically than the Eldar, but they were more primitive, and they were used as the muscle to fight the uh, the Catan gods. And then from there, uh, they started. They started to. Uh, they started to develop more as a civilization. And what happened was, is that what they had. Hmm? 
What happened was what happened was what, what, ha- what, what happened was <laughs> oh my god I did I did I did that perfectly <laughs> all right but um but what are you guys are you guys gonna laugh at me all right go ahead I'm gonna it. say then what happened was that they also had something called the war in heaven now I probably you guys don't know what the war in heaven was maybe you andy you you know a little bit of lore i know what it is go all right so there's the war in heaven where the eldar or the eldar race fought their pantheon which was like cain and uh vol and what were the other one aisha don't ask me about names there was aisha and then azura man and but even after that People are gonna yell at you for getting this wrong, not me. Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm that the beginning of the Eldar is not in my show. It was not in my show notes. Okay, <laughs> so we got the beginnings of it, right? Yeah, we have the beginnings of them, and then they eventually took over the entire galaxy. The Milky Way was theirs, aside from some orcs who, you know, they're dumb. They just want to keep going to war. All right, they want to fight each other for. They fought each other forever. Whatever. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the, f- the fall of the Eldar happened. And this is after the war between the Eldar and the Necrons. What happened was after, after they controlled the universe or the galaxy, they decided they, they literally fucked themselves into the fall of the Eldar. Because they experience pleasure and happiness and emotions. Oh, more. so they literally fuck themselves. They literally fuck themselves into. They literally fuck themselves, killed themselves, did drugs. They overexerted all their primal. Uh, I don't know what it like. Primal, primal urges. Urges. urges yeah. So they just indulge in everything way too. Why much. don't we get that book? Like a bodice ripping. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I want one of those like, like a bondage one. Three dollar ninety nine cent books you get at like the the end of the 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 aisle at the grocery store where it shows like some I've never seen that one. Some sexy Eldar guy with his muscles all out and some like You would say guy, I would have said girl, but well, You went straight to guy. That was kinda gay, hey, man. I, I I know a good looking guy when I see one, okay? I see one every day in the mirror, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing. Continuing. Apparently you don't have a mirror, you just have a wallpaper or something. (laughs) (laughs) Continuing on. But before, you know, Slanesh came about as like the warp presence of indulgence and emotion and all that, the they split into some Eldar saw the saw the end of of their great empire. And they left. The first ones to leave were the Exodites. Which basically they're like dinosaurs, and or they they ride dinosaurs, and they're very in tune with nature. The next one were the craft worlds. Some far some far seers saw that you know the fall was going to happen, and so they all left, and so multiple craft worlds left. A lot of them didn't leave in time, and they were caught within the warp. For she who thirsts, just swallowed everyone whole. And then that's where that's where Eldar are now. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I miss, but I, we you know we don't want it to be like forever. And I'm not exactly in touch with every single aspect. Of sure, sure, Eldar sure, 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 sure. 
But that's sort of the backstory and where the where the Eldar have come from, and that brings us to where we are now today. We which, are the oldest goddamn race. They they are the well one of the oldest. And from my understanding of reading the books, like I think the one little understanding I know is from the Horus Heresy series, Legion. Uh, they sort of. A lot of them kind of look at the, the galaxy from afar and let the humans kind of take care of their own business while Eldar do Eldar business, you know, in the webway. Yeah. You know. Because right now they're just they're scrambling to kind of like recuperate and get organized and stuff like that. But, you know, actually Eldrad did have a hand in in the Horus Heresy books. Eldrad has a hand in everything. Literally. The seer from afar. Wasn't he the one, I don't know if you've read this one, but in Legion where they come in, where they sort of tell the Alpha Legion, they give them the choice. Yes, he, Eldred was part of that. The Cabal. He was part of the Cabal. Yeah. He was part of that group. So they gave Alpharius a choice in that book. Either you can side with Horus, and yeah, it's going to really suck for a couple of years, but it'll be over soon, and then humanity can get back on its way. No, or humanity would, would die. Well, no. So, so it would it would kill it would, he would kill the emperor, and you would defeat the emperor. But then the world would get back on its way. That's the choice he gave because Alpharius made a choice. He was always siding with humanity. Yeah, he was right? always he was always with the emperor mostly. Right, but Alpharius had a choice: either you can side with humanity and help Horus kill the emperor, or you could fight Horus, and it's going to suck for a really long time. This war is going to go on for forever, and it's going to be really bad. And then all life in the galaxy ends. Right, and then all life ends. So that's why he decided to join Horus to help defeat the Emperor. Because he was doing it for the greater good of everyone. There's your Tau greater good shit again. Yes. I, I, well, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Eldred was involved with that, with the Cabal. Yeah. Yeah, and then he also he also tried to convince, uh, what's his name, uh, Fairy Boy. Gay boy, what's his name? Prince Uriel? No, not 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 Prince Uriel, the Primarch. Primarch? Fulgrim? Yeah. Fulgrim, there you go. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know you were talking about Space. You Rangers. actually you actually have his model, right? You yeah, should I do. know. And uh he I actually Eldred tried to convince Fulgrim to, hey, you know, this is not the way, you know, that demon blade you got's gonna eat, bad shit's gonna happen. And eventually it did. So Eldred had to sick the Avatar of Cain on him, and then that, it kind of made him uh, even more demonically possessed because he had to use the sword in order to kill the Avatar. Right. Because he was using him like a... Because the Avatar was kicking him around like a little toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then after that, I don't know what, uh, what Eldred did for that point in time, but that's kind of like all the influence Eldar had in a... During the Horse Heresy series, but now in 40k, like you have you have five. Like I'm going to go over the ones that were in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just the ones that have their craft world tactics and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So we have Uthway, Bialtan, Altok, Samhain, and uh, and Ildan. Ildan? Yeah. Don't ask Ray; he doesn't know. Yeah. Oh. Pronouncing? He'll, he'll just shoot you with it, but he won't pronounce I'll it. I'll use the rules. That's <laughs> so I'll start. I'll I will actually at. start off with uh, Altok because that's Ray's number one favorite. The number one, the champion. Yeah, the but, best. And they're just like Ray. They're kind of they're they're very stealthy because of the and best they're cowardice around. <laughs> no one's gonna go to keep you down. Sweep the leg. 
Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. So basically, <laughs> that shit was funny. It's okay. You came over to sweep the leg. The kid, I just looked at you like, what the fuck? I did it to everybody. I went up to everybody's table because I was waiting for my opponent and I said, hey, sweep the leg. <laughs> shit was hilarious. Take out the knees. Big guy like that. He's like, you know that guy? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you came over to my table too and did that. I did it to everybody. I went to everybody's table and said, hey, sweep the leg. Anyway, right. continue. Back Sorry. on business. So I'll talk. They are they are the they are the more stealthy kind of craft world. They're they even their colors are painted blue like dark blue so that you can't see so it's hard to see them when you're out there in the uh like in space and all that sure and and with uh they actually have the most influence and the most intel and the most intel like reconnaissance and all that out of all the other craft worlds and probably out of the entire galaxy they have rangers almost everywhere you know just gathering information and then they re- can relay they can relay that information to other to the other craft worlds like hey this is dangerous stay away and so they they provide most of the intelligence for all talk so the craft for all talk and all the other so the other craft worlds. worlds talk to each other then of course okay. yeah, of course like uh you like some of them don't like each other like for instance like uh in Dawn of War 3 i remember that um the 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 farseer who who soul stone that BL Tan collected, um, her brother I, I forget I think it might have been it might it was some named character I forgot, sure. but he said if I were to tell Uthwe if I were to t- tell my craft world that you have this farseer soul stone, then this will start a war. They will go to war with each other if they if because something like that is a crime of the that's one of the highest sure, crimes. For sure. And then, uh, but, so they can't go to war with each other. But with Altok, they provide most of the intelligence. And that's why all the other craft worlds really like them. So, and then. Uh, so how have, that relates onto the the tabletop then, right? Well, there's like, go ahead, right? With the negative ones, it kind of resemble the sneaking in the shadows and stuff. And then obviously you have the rangers that. The stratagems and sixes to hit. The just kind of like when you play them, you are basically sneaking in the hideouts. You're in the terrain. You're staying at that max range. You're. I mean, obviously they're not getting intelligence. They're killing their opponent because you're trying to win because the game. But in the lore. But for lore wise, I think they do get the 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 negative one. The whole army kind of. It reflects Altok. It reflects Altok and how they're sneaky and like they're hard to hit. And they're like, I took this little excerpt. Uh, I took this like they they strike with surgical accuracy and guile. They provide the most intelligence for other craft worlds in the area. But here's a little lore thing for like, because you know there's there's all the goods, but where's the bad? Right. So they are actually the most uh, protective from the from the touch of she who thirsts. So basically, you follow the Eldar path, the path of the Eldar, so that your mind is disciplined so you can't t- be touched by Shihuthur Slanesh. Sure. But, and, you know, it varies from craft world to craft world, but Altok is actually the most uh, 
like puritanical of them. Like if you veer what off, fuck you does puritanical mean like you remember the Puritans? Like what does Puritan mean? So like extremely religious. How about that? Mm. Extremely religious. And they're like the space Marine chapter, um, with the shields and the, the crosses and everything that like uh, Templar. Yeah. So like the black Templar is the most puritanical. Yeah, it, it's and they they also but instead of taking it out on other races, they do it to, to themselves. Like if you veer off of the path to Eldar, normally you can become an exile, but they're so afraid of, you know, of of Slanesh and losing their souls to her that you can actually be put to death. They will either put you to death or very rarely you will be exiled. That's basically how they are. They're very, they don't like, they don't like anyone veering off from their path of the Eldar. And it very, like I said, varies from craft world to craft world. And, uh, and that's, that's basically all talk. Here at the Veteran Gamer Reenlisted, we like to support our local gaming stores. Local gaming stores are the heart of the hobby and gaming wouldn't be possible without them. So we would like to highlight fellow veteran gamers and friends of the veteran gamer reenlisted Sky High Comics. Sky High Comics is a veteran-owned and operated gaming and comic book store in North County, San Diego. Sky High Comics carries a wide variety of current and back-issue comic books, card games such as Pokemon and Magic the Gathering, and of course, what all Ray wants to talk about, Warhammer and Warhammer 40k. Perhaps you're a dirty towel player like Alex, and no one carries your models because no one wants to sell that garbage. The guys at Sky High Comics will have no problem ordering for you. Perhaps you're like me and play Tyranids, and Tyranids have been so bad for so long that no one wants to carry your models. Well, guess what? The guys at Sky High Comics, they ordered my Tyranid Warriors for me. The friendly and knowledgeable staff at Sky High Comics will hook you up with the toys and books you really want and need. And the veteran gamer reenlisted puts his money where its mouth is. And Ray sends all of West Coast Arsenal to Sky High Comics for their Warhammer and Warhammer 40k needs. Support your local gaming store. Support your local veteran-owned and operated businesses. You can find Sky High Comics online at skyhighcomics.com. And now, back to the show. Next one I'll go over is the complete opposite. And that'll be uh, Samhain. 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 Literally, literally translated as to the Seekers of the Enlightened Path. So Samhain was actually the first craft world to act, to escape, to just leave. They were the first ones. But because of that, instead of staying with or communicating with other craft worlds, they, they kind of developed a more looser interpretation of the path to Eldar, and they're called the Wild Host. So they're wild riders and stuff like that. So basically, their path of the Eldar allows them to you know seek out and ex- seek out experiences which other craft worlds kind of deem as dangerous because that's exactly what led to the fall of the Eldar in the first place so they actually get to try anal <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can you can try it okay you can try it with them and if you like it become dark Eldar yeah okay want <laughs> <laughs> to make sure I where I am in the pantheon of yeah but uh they but they're they're one of the most spread out, not like not like Intel like Intel for like Altoc, but they're like spread out as far as like 
they go out and they seek experiences and stuff like that. And they actually, instead of being mostly one craft world, they, through like Azurman's teachings, they go through like, cause they have them in like, uh, I forgot what it's called. Like I know Tal have cadre space Marines have, you know, tactical squads. I forget what it's called for Eldar, but they veer away from Azurman's teachings and they have something called, a family, which is literally what it's called. It's called the family. Um, that's how they operate. They operate in families. Families, okay. And they can act, and they actually do. It's like Fast and the Furious, like the family. Yeah. The show about family. Think, yeah, actually, perfect. Think about it okay, like that. Okay, cool. Great. Fantastic. And then they act, but they actually, they kind of have more infighting between, between themselves and other families or even their own people. Okay. Like, and it doesn't end in death mostly, but it's whoever draws first blood wins. And they... I have the high ground, Anakin. I win. <laughs> and they also do the... They also use more cavalry units and mobile units. So they use, they use swooping hawks. They use uh, wind riders mostly. And the, by the way, the high ground bullshit... When he faced against fucking Darth Maul, he jumped over him. <laughs> jumped over him. Then and him then half. cut him in half. But that that's he's pulling the Obi-Wan. The Obi-Wan is what happens. Obi-Wan cuts more limbs off than any other Star Wars movie. Or than any other Star Wars character. He cuts off the most limbs. Even in the comics. It doesn't matter. Just oh, whatever. What's Star Wars? Go ahead. <laughs> so anyway. So how does that translate? Sam. Sam Hine. They use Vipers. So basically on the tabletop they use Vipers. They use... Uh, Wind riders and they're more trained on them, so they would be they would have better accuracy shooting the scatter lasers. So how does that such. fit into like the chapter tactics, the craft world tactics, and the stratagems? Well, the Sam the Sam Han, you know have the if a biker <coughs> unit which now affects the vipers, they can move and shoot heavy weapons, so it would reflect their higher skill of shooting from a mounted vehicle. And then usually, you know, your Farseers, you would take Farseers, Haltarks, Warlocks on bikes so it can move with their, um, with the rest of their army. You're just signing spears, jet bikes. I mean, I mean, I don't know what troops they would honestly use. Uh, they will, they, they don't use a lot of the, uh, guardians, like guard, like they pick. See, that's, a, that's. I guess that was a miss from GW. Like, if Sam Hand could have used bikes as troops, yeah, because they mostly you they mostly use them as troops. I mean, granted, you could just use a fucking uh, the fast attack one. Uh, what is it called? Spearhead? No, that's heavy. Outrider, 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 outrider detachment. detachment. You could just make <clears throat> armies out of that, but then you're getting very little command points. Yeah, you're not getting enough. And uh, then again, I did rank them as the last one of the. Sure, sure. But, you know, if you wanted to play an all-bike army, there are and it's, there are stratagems yeah. and there are tactics that really kind of play to that. And you could be successful. You know, you're not going to win a tournament, but you're going to be yeah, successful. Use, uh, vipers, <clears throat> Shining Spears, and fucking bikes. All their specialists, like Farseers or Autarchs or Spirit Seers, anything that they use, they mostly, they're mostly using it as, uh, or they're all trained on bikes. It feels like a um, kind of a Mad Max 
sort of like we're we're split off into the distances, but we use these bikes to get around and we're in these really small, tight lit tight knit units of like small gangs, for instance. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what they are. <clears throat> that's how that's how it sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. You know? No, you're right. And that's how that's how they that's how they are. Then from there, uh, that's pretty much that all. army would be really fast. Everything moving 16, 20 inches. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, putting bikes back. Like, if you wanted to play that thematic, like we're going to play all bikes. You could do that. Yeah. Just a bunch of outrider detachments, people on bikes. Windriders and, je- and Chinese Spears and Vipers. Oh, man. That'd be fun to play. I mean, very cool. That'd yeah. Really <laughs> fast. Uh, I'm, con- turn- I'm convincing you it's not. Turn the- one charge, easy. <laughs> Still the worst one, but. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the next one we're going to go to is BL Tan, which I've talked about a little bit. And I like their lore, but they're also a bunch of assholes. Don't... What's wrong with being an asshole? Huh? <laughs> no wonder. You, uh, for those of you who have, n- have never met Ray, Ray. For those of you who haven't listened to the show, uh, Ray has his entire army painted in BL Tan color scheme. Yeah. So that explains a lot about you. They're Elotoc. What are you talking about? <laughs> They're so blue. They're blue-green. <laughs> They're so blue. so blue. Such a deep blue that's gr- that actually looks green. Humans, human eyes can't actually conceptualize the color that they're painting it, so it just appears to be green. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you talking about? <laughs> Definitely so, looks blue to me. So, Beale Tan, they, they're, they were the most strongest out of all the other craft worlds. Most warlike out of all of them. What they fight for is they fight for dominance of the galaxy again. They want to bring back the Eldar as they were before the fall. Well, before the fracture of Balatan, well, yeah, well, there was, was a shit ton of them. Yeah, I was going to get into that. Most of them went to Yanari. Well, they didn't really have a choice. Most of their craft, their craft world split, literally cracked into pieces. But somehow they made spaceships out of those pieces. So, because uh, reasons, huh? Because reasons. Because there's reasons. It's Plot armor. <laughs> thank, thank you, Matt Ward. <laughs> but, but before that, they were the most hostile to any other to any other race of the galaxy. They look at them and they're like, "Oh, children, you know, well, we don't need you." Like they'll use them and then kill them later on. Because every other race is a child to them. Yeah, they're so ancient. Fucking but that also, fuck. but them being the way they are, you know, they're so power hungry and it does get them into trouble. Like it gets them in the trouble with, uh, like in Dawn of War three, they, they didn't think about what the Farseer was saying. So they accidentally unleashed a greater demon of corn because obviously they can't see that far ahead, but they also, they also did go through a traumatic event called the fracturing of BL-10, which is the Gathering Storm 2. And this was the, also the birth of the Yonari. And a lot oh, of the Yonari, Yonari. The, a lot of the Yonari is actually derived from BL-10. Because they didn't really have anywhere else to go. Their infinity circuit was broken and then the uh, the Avatar, or whatever her name is. Yvrain. No, not your brain. The, the incarn. The incarn was born out of the infinity circuit. It required almost all the souls in the infinity circuit to to birth her, or and uh, Yanid, because Yanid was also born at the same time. 
And then what happened was is that the what are you what are you laughing at? What happened was <laughs> what happened was, but with uh, but a lot of them split off into Yunari. And now, since they don't have a main craft world ship, they follow they their splinter ships follow other craft worlds because that's all they can because they can't sustain sustainably protect themselves without their main craft world. So fluff wise, they might they're they're pretty <clears throat> close to getting becoming extinct. But they would fight alongside of the craft worlds. They would fight alongside other. Talking about Balotan or Eldar in general. Balotan. Biotan will fight alongside other craft worlds. They mostly use, uh, they mostly use like aspect warriors. They use a lot of everyone, like Dire Avengers, Striking Scorpions. They use, they mostly use them, aspect warriors. So that kind of ties into their fluff when they reroll once for for aspect warriors. Yep. No, they reroll once for anything else. For shuriken can for shuriken catapults. Mm-hmm. But and if you're they, an aspect warrior, they add one to their leadership of aspect warriors, and add one to the ballistic skill of aspect warriors. What? No. No, they don't. No. What are you talking about? Well, they add one to the leadership and not the ballistic skill. Yeah. You were saying it was a ballistic skill no, last episode. I didn't I said it was fucking leadership? All right, but uh, can't fucking listen. Open your ears. But it does. <laughs> I just just like just like I'm ignoring you now. <laughs> It does, their fluff does tie into the way they play. What would you think about that, Ray? I don't know. I really like the army-wide trick and catapult reroll ones, because, I mean, who doesn't like rerolls? Um, I think the plus one to leadership for uh, Aspect Wars is a Not mute. Re- really, really it's good. really a mute point, really. I mean, they're going to be units of fives, maybe tens, but then they go to like, leadership nine. Okay, if somebody's gonna shoot them and actually kill them, they're gonna be dead anyways. Yeah, I mean, so that, I don't know. I don't. I, just, I think I think fluff wise, this is the one so far. And like I said, I I have not read the Eldar Codex, so I could you know intentionally kind of absorb this and get it you know fresh. But this feels to me like the least really tying into the fluff and actually having an impact on the tabletop. Was BL Tan? Was this one so far? I mean, we have more to go. Yeah, I mean, I put them at number two because I mean, the reroll ones to <clears> most <throat> of their shooting is really good. Well, rerolling is always really and good, and then their warlord traits good, and they have artifacts that are good as well. So go into those real quickly. The, like a recap. Of the those. leadership one is the basically a free guide to three inches from their warlord. You just have reroll hits. Okay. And they're because they're also the mo- they're the most drilled out of all the other. Like guardians and Avengers and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And their uh, artifact, I have. I would have to look that up if you want to do that. So the their artifact has is tied to psychers. It's a bi- it goes to a Biotan psyker, and he can re-roll any failed psychic test. So that means if you have a farce here, you can re-roll one for your ghost helm and then one for your fucking your artifact. Pretty good. Yeah. You can get just re-roll if you don't get them. No, no question about that. And then your warlord trait gives you the within three inches of your warlord, you can re-roll failed hit rolls. So basically, guide for a friendly unit of Baldan. So okay. basically, re-roll, shoot. Is it? Oh, re-roll. You can. 
It is his hit, so close combat Even and close shooting. combat, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One unit. So a better guide, because guide's only shooting. But, you, but you'd have to be in the three inches of it. Uh, that's just to give it to them. At the story of your phase, pick a friendly unit within three inches where you can... Until the unit in that phase. Oh, no, it says in that phase. So it's just a shooting. So you're okay. So just the shooting. So you just get a guide within three inches of your warlord, basically. Okay. Is it only for one unit, or can you do it with multiple units? It says one unit. Okay. So I think that's what I'm saying. I think tying into the fluff and what's happening on the battlefield, this is like the weakest connection. Mm-hmm. Like there's some callbacks, you know, but as far as lore impacting the battlefield, I just don't see it. Well, it's supposed to be the reroll ones because they <sighs> they use. Mostly aspect warriors and and all the aspect warriors, other than war spiders and swooping hawks, they we use shrinking catapults. Yeah, the pistols and okay, the guardians and okay, yeah, the okay. Avengers. I'm seeing and it. So and so that's pretty much it for BL10. Okay, it, it, yeah, I would agree. It's kind of a little bit on the weaker side. But army wide reroll ones is still really good. Army wide really reroll good. ones is really good. I'm and just... then having two units reroll everything, one from guide and one from the warlord trait, is also good. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to get your psychic powers off, so guide will go off. Mm-hmm. And they're still good. Yeah, but and also they're pretty much the weakest craft world right now because they don't have the numbers, and the ones who Lower did wise. survive went to Inari. Inari, yeah. So in a, in a way, you would need another craft world to kind of. They would need they need other craft worlds to kind of survive right now. They're sp- okay. They're kind of like they're in splinter groups. Okay, so you would need another craft world in your army to kind of cover a gap somewhere. So you get some rerolling ones, some aspect warriors, but maybe another craft world you've allied in with a different detachment and cover some gaps. Yeah, I mean, this Botanomy. <clears throat> what is Osherman from? Osherman. Wait, he's a Phoenix Lord. So he's, yeah, he's no one. So if you take Ogerman and uh, if you did take a brigade, you would take Ogerman, right? Um, he wouldn't be your warlord. You would take like Farsi or something. You have to take three, anyways. And then, so the Dire Avengers, you just take the Dire Avengers instead of Rangers. Obviously, not my forte. Sure. But uh, take Dire Avengers, they'll all be rerolling ones. And as long as they're within so many inches of Ogerman, they get a four up Invul. Pain- so, I mean, it's pretty good. That's pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, each one shooting two shots at 18 inches because they have the Avenger shooting catapult. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Do you like Dungeons & Dragons? Well, let me tell you about Broken Knives. Broken Knives is the role-playing games where Picasso was to boxing and Tyson is to art. These two dudes have literally made tens of dollars producing professional-grade content for your gaming table. You can check out their newest series for 5th edition D&D, The Tales of Bentev and the Bard, on dmsguild.com. That's dmsguild.com. Tales of Bentevin is an adventure supplement for the Dungeon Masters. It's about a nefarious bard that seems just like screwing with people. If you're the Dungeon Master, it's basically harassing your players, but in a playful kind of way. And it's all on dmsguild.com. Also, I've been told I have to say this three times, so it's dmsguild.com. So get the first four tales of Bentev and the Bard for free on dmsguild.com. Wait, that's four times. Sorry, I went too far. dmsguild.com.
wraps it up for Bale Tan for me. Okay. And then, uh, so the next one I'll go into is Uthway. And Uthway is the, I would say one of my favorites, because it's one Eldrad is in. And it's also the most, it's also the, uh, they're the strongest, they have the most amount of psychers compared to any other craft world. But it does come with a price. It's because their craft world is by the Eye of Terror. Yeah, they're, they watch the Eye of Terror, make sure, of Terror and make sure that, you know, that events, bad events don't happen. So they'll, so they have the most amount of Farseers and Psychers in general. This reduces their pool of, of people that can go into other aspects because most of them are so psychically, psychically in tune. They just go through those routes. Okay. So they make the, they make use out of, uh, uh, their guardians. They have, they have, they have something called, uh, the black guardians, which are more drilled. It's racist. Than, huh? It's racist. Oh, well. Can't do the blackface. Not even for Halloween. <laughs> Not, can't do it. Can't do it. No. Can't do it. People are too sensitive. Too sensitive. But basically, their story is they they hover around the Eye of Terror and they and they go intercept events that happen that could possibly lead to demon incursions and stuff like that. But because of their proximity of to the Eye of Terror and using the war and having access to raw warp energy for their psychers is that's why they have so many of them. And that's why you have Eldred, who is the most powerful psyker in all the uh fr- from all the other He's a fucking boss. <laughs> <laughs> Out of everyone, he would be the boss. Um so basically did you did you read on why uh, Eldred is allowed? Oh, that's that's right. That, I forgot about that part. Because he got banished in the fracture. No, he was he wasn't banished in the fracture. He was banished in Death Mask. Whatever. Because basically, what happened was Eldred was the one that said we need to we need to bring the the God of Death into 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 actually into the pantheon because it was just kind of like a baby at that point and what happened was that in order to do that he would need to sacrifice two-thirds of humanity he was going to do he was (laughs) he was going to human sacrifice that you're down with right that's fine yeah yeah it's a little bit human sacrifice he was going to use a ritual where from the ancient eldar and from that he found in the black library where he would sacrifice two-thirds of humanity in order to convert their souls into kind of like Eldar souls. And then, because all it would take for the God of Death to be awoken is from is from uh, all, of the, all the craft worlds dying. Just two-thirds of humanity. That's all it takes. Just, you know. but, and they're really small. They're only in the million, millions? Fuck if I know. They're only I don't in read like, these books. <laughs> Basically, the the craft worlds are basic are numbered in around the billions compared to the quantillions of humanity. See, so, so we've been fine. They've been fine. Humans are cockroaches. They're good. But losing two thirds of them would be it, it. It would devastate the Warhammer universe as as a whole. So then, Uthway the the Seer Council of Uthway found out, and they're like, "Hey, man, you can't. We can't do this." You're banished. They stopped the ritual and made sure that 
know that not too many people died because people were just disappearing. In the meantime, the emperor is sacrificing hundreds of psychers a day. Thousands of psychers a day. Thousands of psychers a day just to keep his soul encased in this metallic tomb. Even yeah. though he all he needs to do is just die and then he comes back. On a three up. <laughs> on, a, on a two up. In case you roll. On, in, That's in, right. He's in, the emperor of Mangas. He comes back on a two up. It's re rollable too. It's a re rollable two up. Not, no command point needed. No command point needed. He's the emperor. But you could use that command point if you rolled two, two ones in it's a row. It's the only dice in the game that can re roll a re roll. <laughs> yeah. But, Thanks, Emperor. But by doing. By somewhat halfway completing this ritual, he actually did kind of stir the god of death. So that's what got the Gathering Storm started. It went Death Mask, then the Gathering Storm series. So it kind of played the erogenous zones of the God of Death. You know, just teased it a little bit. Just teased it a little just rub, bit. Just rub the aerial a little bit, kiss the neck, you know, but didn't quite bring it to completion. Yeah. Okay. But uh, uh, Game Master Ray here, tell us uh, tell us how Uthway kind of ties into being psychically in tune and using mostly Guardians as their... Offense. Well the, well, the Black Gardens, you got the. I'll look up the stratagem specifically for them, but the the craft world perk that they have, right, mm-hmm. is pretty much a six up, feel no pain. That kind of gives them that futuristic or that far sight yeah. of that kind of plays into it. It's their far sight, like oh, I I was gonna get shot here so i'll just go ahead and move out of the way right okay and so that kind of gives you that six up final pain type feel now their stratagem all right so the all right so the uthui pacific uh what is these called stratagems is called for one cp is the discipline of the black guardians use the stratagem at the start of the shooting or fight phase so either or Pick an Uthui Guardian unit from your army. Add one to all hit rolls made for that unit until the end of the phase. So you got your Guardians hitting on twos. That's pretty nice. Or in close combat if you have the Storm Guardians. I think it's pretty nice with shooting because they're Assault 2, right? So if you have a 10-man unit... If you have Guardian Defenders, yes, they're Assault 2. Yeah, Guardian Defenders, not Storm Guardians. I wasn't talking about the melee ones. Okay, yeah, so there'll be Assault 2. Hitting on 2s is pretty good, and 6s will be negative 3. Mm-hmm. So pretty good, pretty good. On the wound, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that that's their Pacific one. I mean, I didn't put this one as a third one. Their Warlord trait is the at the beginning of every turn, if your Warlord's alive, you get to roll a dice. On a 6+, plus. you just get a Stratagem. You can put that on top of an Autark, and then you're re-rolling when you spend them. And then once on your enemy's turn and your turn at the beginning of the turn to get stratagems kind of signifies that foresight that they have, their entombment with foresight, yeah. Foresight with the entombment of, you know, time and space and reality and basically. Um, I mean, other, the other stratagems are universal. Right, right, right. But, I mean, I, I think they pretty much lean it there. The only thing, it would be better if it was on a five up, right? And then I would probably put Uthui at number two. But they are six up. To, I'm pretty sure they did that for balance. Because I mean, if you had an army wide ignoring, but then I mean, then that's Death Guard, right? Yeah, so that'd be Death Guard, and that'd also be or like six up feeling the pains. Yeah, but also the Uth the Craft World of Uthway is 
viewed by the other Eldar as damned because of their proximity to the, the proximity to the uh, Eye of Terror. The warp, right? Yeah, especially the Eye of Terror, and because their souls are more likely to leak out of their uh, of their soul stones, by because just they're so close, it could just get sucked right out of the soul stone. They have anal leakage of the soul stone. Yes. They take that one oil. They do that oil and they eat the wrong chips. Yeah, they eat the wrong chips with the oil. With the oil. So, <laughs> your soul is spilled out. Your soul just spills out. right out of your butt. <laughs> just, just leaks like a little bit at a time. You try to catch it. You did, know? You, did you go over Yandin? I have not gone over Yandin yet. Yandin is my favorite, and I kind of wanted to save that one for last. So, Isn't it last now? Yeah. All right. It is the last one. Oh, so we're there. Okay. Yeah, we're at the last one. This is a short, quick. At least I hoped. It's like being in bed with you. I just want to so happy was. right over there. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? You, just, you set them up and I knock them down. Right? So I'm bowling here. You set up the pins, I knock them down. <laughs> Fuck you guys. So he ended. So he ended. These are the yellow ones, right? They're the yellow and blue. Yeah, yellow and blue with okay. the the most wraith constructs. And the hardest to paint because it has fucking yellow. Yellow in it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with Eenden, it was the most populated of the craft worlds at the start. They were considered the most powerful, but then they actually, but they weren't killed off by demons. They were killed off. They were brought to the brink of extinction by Tyranids, especially Hiveworld Kraken. Or, sorry, not Hiveworld. Hivefleet Kraken. And so Fucking basically. Kraken. Hmm? Release the Kraken. Release the Kraken. Where's Liam Neeson when you need him? This massive cock. <laughs> what? What is up with you? You would cock today. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What do you mean just today? You haven't heard about that? No. The story uh, of Liam Neeson? No. Then how big his John- Johnson is? There are ladies that say it's like a baby's arm holding an apple. <laughs> holding an apple. <laughs> <laughs> the size of his penis is legendary. Anyway, continue. Oh, my God. Why he likes to I release hair? the Kraken. I put that visual in your head of a baby's arm holding an apple, didn't I? Sad. Yeah. Stop. Me <laughs> and Alex excited, all right? I'm scared. If I walked up in your room, I'm scared to see what I'd find. It's something but shit-stained underwear. <laughs> I eat those chips. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andon, they were brought to extinction by, uh, almost brought to extinction by the High Fleet. Kraken. Yeah, Kraken. At least the Kraken. And so they had to go into their Infinity Circuit and they use the Raves. Wraith well, constructs. Well, they were actually saved by Bealtan and Prince Uriel. Uriel was originally part of the. He's a corsair, which is the only corsair unit in a DW book. You know, you're right. Actually, does he have the keyword corsair? No, no. But he, well, he was originally Yandin. That's because he's actually a prince. Yeah, it's he, weird. Well, he's a Corsair prince. I know. It's weird. He's a prince and he's in a GW book, yet they don't want to fucking give Corsairs a fucking actual book. No. And they took him out of the index. Yeah. It's pretty bad. But Uriel, the story of Uriel was he he was originally from the craft world, but then he left 
and became a Corsair prince because he's like ha- he's like half Corsair. He's like half something. He's half Eldar, half Dark Eldar, or something like that. And he left. And then when Eandon was going through all this, he came back with Biel Tan because Biel Tan would follow him because they like him as a leader. And he, and then they saved him, but they're almost almost extinct. So they had to go into the Affinity Circuit with Spirit Seers, and then take their souls out, take the souls out, and then put them back into Wraith constructs. That's why they have so many Wraith Guard, Wraith Lords, and that's why they make the most use out of uh, Wraith Knights. Wraith Knights are actually they. Because, you know, you you know the lore and how the Revenant Titans, they require twins. Kind of like uh, Pacific Rim, the movie. They're alive twins, though. Yeah. But when so they have to be twins? like They have to be twins, or else it doesn't work. Really? They have to be twins, and they have to be alive for a Revenant. So there are dead twins out there? Yes, that's, how, that's usually, what the Wraith Knights are. Usually, oh, okay. if, if one of the twins dies, then the other twin will hop into a wraith knight the soul stone is put into the uh into the wraith knight and then basically he becomes entranced it means their souls now become one uh and that's why they get to pilot wraith knights but basically the other twin that was living um, almost is practically dead only very few of them can actually snap out of that ah and so that's uh and then that's 500 and something points later, you never get used. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing my soul is entranced in this giant construct <laughs> so I could just sit around here and not be used. So they have the most amount of spirit seers because spirit seers, when they're in the infinity circuit for too long or the dead realm, they call it, then they want, then a part of them wants to stay in there. They want to stay there. So they kind of slowly die off. Ah. So they use hemlocks. They use hemlocks the most, they use wraiths the most. And uh, their event, they barely use any of the aspect warriors because there's almost none of them left. So there's they're using like the vehicles, the constructs, the wraith lords, the yeah, basically. the giant machinery, and that's why they can, and that's why they can, that's why they double the amount of wounds. So I have. just I just was going through the book and I wanted Ray, to Ray's check. eyes got really big all yeah. of a sudden. I just wanted to check what the hemlock wraith fighters keywords were, and they're actually a wraith construct. So that means they can be healed by a fucking bone singer, and the command points can heal them D three. Yep. Whoa. I think you can only have one bone singer though, right, on the battlefield? I don't know. The rules aren't in here. Look at them on your phone. I don't want to, but I'm just saying oh, they, the bone singer, they could uh... possibly heal fucking six. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, because you can use you can use the bone singer's ability, then you can use the, the command point. Yeah. One command point to heal D three on a wraith construct. It's a wraith construct. That's not a hemlock, right? Yeah, the it hem- is a hemlock. It's just a wraith construct. It has a keyword wraith construct. Right, right, right. Yeah. What you didn't know that until I said it? No. See, this is why you need to learn the lore. <laughs> oh, I thought about it earlier. I just didn't check it. It was lazy. But so that's <laughs> but that's how basically they keep their numbers. That's how they keep their numbers uh like up and bolstered. sustainable to actually fight battles. They just put them in constructs. Of, but because of this, they don't because they have so many spirit seers because they have a higher attrition rate. Um, they have fewer far seers and fewer ground units such as guardians because they need them. 
And they need them to die or what? No, they they don't need them to die. They need, they need them to survive because they don't have too many living people left. Oh. Okay. Check. Check. And now, to the game rules, is that they only lose one when they fail morale. Mm-hmm. I don't see how that ties in. Well, they need, they need so many people. So they're... They can't lose a lot of people. Yeah. Like, like I get, I get the the halving well, or not halving, but doubling the what their wounds they're at because it kind of sh- shows like how resilient they are. Think of it for the ten man squads of rates. <clears throat> yeah, I get that losing one guy is really bad. Mm-hmm. But they, you'd also think that a wraith unit that's basically dead wouldn't be afraid to be dead again, <laughs> like. Oh, I just lost four of us. It's all right. <laughs> I'm already dead. You're going to kill me again? Because basically the the bone singers come in and then they just... They just heal them up because it's not an actual body. It's like a psychedelic fucking metal. Yeah. They like, they're literally blonde. They, the only thing that they see is like this deep blue. Like, think of it like someone... They're high. Shit. Yeah. Think of someone that put shades on you and it's just all you see is like this kind of like ocean, ocean blue. Think of it, you're in the ocean. That's actually the best analogy I can come up with. Think of it as being in the ocean and the only light you can see is from the other, from other Eldar as a light. But with spirit seers, they are able to see entirely as long as they're around. Okay. I think it's funny that they can still hit on three pluses in the game, yet there's no spirit seer on the battlefield. There, there's the miss in the lore right there. There's the miss. We <laughs> there, found it. Right there. We found it. There it was. There You're it under the ocean shooting water at fucking non-light figures that you see. Still but I'm still on, hitting you on a three. Still up. hit on threes. Yeah. Well, they're that good. Like, they should be hitting you on twos. They should <laughs> auto-hit you. They should already be auto-hitting, right? Right. They should be auto-hitting you. But because they're seeing through the ocean, <laughs> all right, they're hitting you on three up. They're that badass. Yeah. That's- yeah. And that's basically all I have for you. Abrasive, chaotic, and experimental. That's the music of Dead Swarm. Dead Swarm's approach to metal is dark and aggressive. Influenced by the grooves of Six Feet Under, the raw aggression of Morbid Angel, and the technicality of death. Featuring an articulate and guttural lead vocals and a hard-hitting rhythm section, the thrashing death metal sound of Dead Swarm evokes portrayals of humanity's capacity for evil. Dead Swarm is currently recording a 2017 EP that is designed to reinvent the West Coast metal scene and raise up the swarming masses. You can find Dead Swarm music on iTunes, Amazon MP3, and Google Play. You can also visit their website, deadswarm.com, for music, tour dates, and merchandise. Dead Swarm. A new dawn! Terraforming! A new dawn! Terraforming! So that was all the craft worlds that we have in the codex. That That's all the craft worlds you got in the codex. You have a few others. Like, you have one that is a... Uh, that, it, that, are, that they're literally Slanesh demon hunters. Like, they'll work with anyone. Literally anyone as long as they will hunt slanesh yeah oh that's cool but just we don't have a rule for that in the book that kind of translates over 
Yeah. Probably later on. I think. Do you, have any, do you know any lore on Illich Nightsphere? Uh, no, I I don't. I think he's an Altak though. No, yeah, he is an Altak. He's a fucking badass sniper. You talk about him since you like no. him so much. He's your boy. I didn't read it. It's, it's your boy. It's saying. your boy. He says cool. Three damage. Three I mean, damage. That's cool. It's on two, <laughs> one, two, three damage and uh, negative three. I don't need that's to know any lore like about him. that. I, I need, need to like, know the rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know the fucking lore. Fucking, you're, I shoot you, you're dead. Oh my God, you guys. Well, this was a fun little trip down the, the lore rabbit hole. Um, Kind of tying it in. It's, I, not, it's not much, and I'll, I'll get better as time goes on. No, no, no. This is our, this is our first kind of trip down. And then down. when we have the towel one, it'll be... Oh, my God. Be beyond. Talk oh, about I... Bukaki. Just straight, like... <laughs> Good thing that that's going to be, like, the last codex that they oh, release. Yeah. So. <laughs> I didn't see you guys there. The last codex ever, because it'll break the game. Yeah, it'll <laughs> be, like, in like in December next year. <laughs> But I That's like, where you're getting your codex. December of next year. Yep. No, the part of like right, the, right before ninth edition. Yeah, yeah, right before ninth, <laughs> and then it'll become irrelevant, and you'll be like, "Oh, I'm switching armies to Imperial Guard. I'm, I'm going orcs." Well, <laughs> it's just come to Eldar. No, <laughs> no, not so much better. There's ways you can play Eldar in your Tau style. You can sit back and you're linked shooting and. They do have a lot of ways for me to do that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways I can run. Uh, Tau. I can run kind of like the Tau way. Sure, sure, sure. Wrong. 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 It's all wrong. You're wrong. Well, I, I you know, I, I like that they're tying the lore into the game and that we're seeing the lore play out on the tabletop. And I think that's it's good that we dive into it a little bit to find ways to play the game. I, I know we're going to go into tournaments, we're going to take the most broken units and the most broken stuff. But if you were to walk in one day and say I want to play all bikes, and they're all going to be Samhain. Yeah. Right? Like, that could be a lot of fun and successful. And not only time. is it easy to do now, like, it's not jumping through hoops. Like, you can just do it. Right. That's cool. And there's there's rules and stratagems that play into that style, which I think we have not seen in depth before. We've seen, like, bites and tastes of it, like, in previous editions, but really not to the extent that they're really diving in now, which ties into the the campaigns and ties into all the other stuff they're doing, which kind of makes the game beyond just we're playing a 2000 point tournament. But now well, you I mean, you also, things. you also got to look at like GW made a game where it's can play three different ways, right? Like, yes, we play a competitive. I mean, that's the only way I fucking play. Right. And you, there people can play narrative. They have narrative rules. I mean, I mean, some units get retardedly stupid in narrative because there's no restrictions. Right. You can do powers multiple times and like, you could really play those fluff ways, the the fluff, the more fluffy ways in those narrative games, and you could get that like I think you could get that strong feel of what's pre- de- depicted in the books and the stories. Yeah. So I like I like that that's happening. I think it gives us more ways to play if we wanted to. We could really dive into these books and really get value out of it. Yeah. So, I mean, it also kind of gives people like because it's a new book, it had some new lore in it. Like the fracture, talk about the fracturing of Beotan and stuff like that. But basically, the Eldar's end goal is to get you need fully awakened. <laughs> get you need fully awakened, so that she can kill she who thirsts, or yeah, Slanesh, and then you can, she can cut her belly open and release all the other pantheon out. They're not dead. They're just she ate them. They're. Yeah, she ate them, and they're just sitting in her stomach. We just got to get a full model of her or the actual cane. 
It'll be like, like it'll be like my Magnus. Oh, you mean because yeah, because they I think eventually what the Inari are going to do is they're going to gather all the uh, shards of Cain and just kind of do the same thing they did with Gilman, just bring him back to life as a whole actual god. Then I can have a big stupid model. Yes, that everybody hates. I was complaining. Me and Alex were talking yesterday. I was complaining. Why doesn't everybody get their own big stupid model? Like. What is well, it? they had that back in like sixth edition. They were doing like, hey, a unit uh, codex would come out. This was their big thing. A unit codex account. This was their big thing. And then just they missed the mark on some of them. And I don't think they want to have that. However, they nailed the nar- the mark perfectly with the Riptide. <laughs> perfectly. Yeah, like they had like well, the, it, well, I'm saying like Talisman was a Storm Surge. Eldar was a Wraith Knight. Like Wraith Knight went from a oh, heavy that's support. Edition. No, but I'm saying El- like through because the, the codex six and seven, there it was such a small gap. Mm-hmm. So, like, as the Codex came out, Eldar, you know, or Wraith Knight went from a heavy support to a fucking super heavy. Uh, Tau got a Storm Surge. Uh, then the Chaos got the Lord of Skulls and fucking yada, 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 right? Every mm-hmm. army got some huge thing. There were some armies that didn't. Like, Space Marines didn't get a super heavy. Orcs didn't uh, get anything. Orcs, no, they had the Stampa. They had those fucking, uh, like. Oh, the, the Morkonaut? Yeah, yeah they got the Morkonaut guys. and the Gorkonaut. They got those, yeah. They got those. Uh, Tyranids didn't really get anything. You didn't get like a super heavy. They didn't even get a codex. We got nothing. (laughs) They didn't get get a codex. They didn't Uh, even get a codex. No. Space Prince didn't get anything. Um, Imperial Imperial Guard has fucking super heavies up the fucking ass. Oh, yeah. And then they got like the variants of the Bane Blade put into the codex. Yeah. Not just Forge World anymore. So, I mean, that's what I don't think they want to do that again. It's honestly like they pretty much pointed fucking Imperial Knights and fucking, uh, Wraith Knights to point levels not, where you it's not valuable to use in a fucking a competitive apocalypse. list. Except on Apocalypse. But then again, Apocalypse is not competitive. It's just like, shoot and see who dies first. <laughs> well, the, the models were built for an Apocalypse game, and I've said this multiple times, that Forge World in a regular 40k game is broken because the Forge World rules for the models are written for a different game. Apocalypse. Right. Where all these things are supposed to shoot at... Are you fucking kidding me, right? <laughs> right in this closed, confined room. Now I'm forced to kind of open the door. It's fine. It's fine. But, yeah, I mean... I, I think it would be cool for all these armies to get their own thing. You know? And it would be great, because I'm covering my mouth now yeah. over the microphone, because Ray farted. Because Ray's got nerve rot of the stomach. Yeah, yeah. He, he, ate those, he ate the chips that had the weird oil on them, and now he's got anal leakage. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh that, that was fun look at the lore alex you want to take us out on this one since you're leading the way on this all right guys thank you for listening to the podcast as always i'm alex and i'm ray and this is andy drink up everyone Hello. 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 Hello.